0: Today, we're going to put a little wrap on how the kingdom of God comes to the earth. This is an important lesson. I hope you can stay with us. In our last discussion, we talked about how the kingdom of God comes to earth. Um... For me, it was a very interesting discussion because it, uh, when you talk about how the kingdom of God comes to the earth, you find that it consistently comes the same way, whether it's into the life of an individual in the present or whether it will be, which would be what I would call um, a, a, a micro... Eschaton, the day of the Lord, where a person meets God. When I say micro, it's in one individual. I don't mean that it's demeaning in terms of its uh, universal importance to that person. Uh, but from, from the coming of the kingdom into an individual life, being born again, repenting of one's sins, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues being baptized in the name of the lord jesus christ for the remission of sins that that explosion that blast out the previous life where old things are passed away behold all things are become new that happens in an individual life that micro example of the coming of the kingdom of heaven to earth is precisely the same as the second coming of Jesus, which is the ultimate consummating fulfillment of the kingdom of God coming to the earth. The second coming of Jesus is the ultimate consummating fulfillment of the kingdom of God coming to earth. It will come... Chirologically, it will blast out from heaven. Every eye shall see him. He's going to come in like manner, the angel told the disciples in Acts 1, as he went away. They watched him visibly, physically go up. I don't know if they audibly heard wind or not, but they watched him go up. And they were gazing into the heavens where he went. And the angel said, why stand ye here gazing into the heavens? This same Jesus shall return in like manner. And so we will see him coming back. The Bible says in Matthew 24 that the whole world, that everybody, every eye, will be able to see him. And he will return to the earth and he, his kingdom will, if you please, smash into the times of the Gentiles, which is a biblical phrase. The times of the Gentiles is defined as the period of time that Gentiles have ruled over Israel. That's the times of the Gentiles. And uh, it started first in um, uh, 738. BC, when the northern tribes went into captivity, and then around uh, 600 BC, 606 BC, along in there, um, the two southern tribes went into captivity to Babylon. We all have read about those occasions. And from that time, Israel, the nation, the people of God, have been under judgment and they have been under the Gentiles. And so this is the times of the Gentiles. The times of the Gentiles will end when their Messiah comes back. They understood this. That's why they were so um, intense and sensitive about where is the Messiah? Who, Who is the Messiah? When is the Messiah coming back? This also made them vulnerable to being convinced by convincing people that, Uh, that they were the Messiah. And so there would be uprisings where somebody said they were Messiah. I was in Israel last year, and while I was there, there were signs all over the place. Uh, When you drive down the road, they have been plastered on the back of the um, highway signs and street signs and, and fence posts and pictures of some man. I have no idea who he is and his name. And it was because today... Now, you go over there, and I'm sure it's still there. There are Jews that are pushing this guy as being the Messiah. They believe he's the Messiah. And his picture's all over the nation. But now, the, the, the people there are not all going to accept that. I'm just saying this, uh, this, the, the vulnerability to charlatans and people who would say their Messiah um, was very high because they were so intensely desiring to be taken out of the times of the Gentiles and to be delivered whether not the tail but whether the head. And so uh, this was the case when Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God coming to earth. And this was the case when he said he is the Messiah, this spread like wild fire. And when he said the kingdom of God is at hand, people were like wild about it. When John the Baptist, who preceded him in ministry by six months or so, when he said repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, it was so earth-shaking that somebody would say the kingdom of God was at hand because they knew that wouldn't happen unless the Messiah came. So that means the Messiah is coming. They were so rattled that Pharisees left the city and tramped miles out into the desert to hear John the Baptist this was the magnet that drew them to that and so uh his preaching was there's a reason to repent because the kingdom of God is at hand the preaching of Jesus was there's a reason to repent because the kingdom of God is at hand the preaching of the apostles was uh, there's a reason to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand so when we preach to repent because of the coming of the Lord we are saying that the Lord is coming soon And with that comes the kingdom of God, and he is the Messiah. So uh, this is kind of the context in which um, the, 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 the kingdom of God comes to the earth. Now, in the New Testament, there's only one place in the entire New Testament that you find the word violent. Only one place. And it's found in Matthew 11 and 12. Let me just read it to you. Matthew 11 and 12. Um, Let's see if we can find it here. Thank God for technology. It doesn't work. All right. So here's Jesus in Matthew 11 and 12. He says, And from the days of John the Baptist... Until now, the kingdom of heaven, that's the subject. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. Now, the word violence is found several times in the New Testament, but here's where violent comes in. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Okay? Okay. So violent means to overpower. Uh, it, it, it means uh, to use force. It means to compel or to coerce or to unapologetically press one's way into whatever they are trying to get into. To be violent means it asks no permission. It begs no pardon it doesn't say excuse me it is violent towards opposing stronghold structures of chronos that try to stop it and jesus said and from the days of john the baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force so when you see that this is the case you understand that anytime the kingdom of god comes it's going to interrupt the historical flow of Kronos, and it's going to disrupt the established order. This is, this is what revival does. The kingdom of God is forcefully advancing, and forceful men take hold of it, is one translation of that verse. And so when you see this, you say, well, uh, it, it's kind of confusing, like, what does it mean that the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence or allows violence or invites violence or encourages violence and the violent take it by force? What does that mean? Well, you when you understand Kairos and you understand Kronos, it's forcing its way in. So what does it mean when it says and the violent take it by force? Well, there have been there have been scholars that have studied this verse intensely some people for years a particular scholar kept looking and studying and looking at the greek and and the context and everything there was to look at and he came to the conclusion and it is very enlightening in fact i don't know of anybody that had preceded him maybe there was but I don't know of them that had come to this conclusion that the word violent that is used there the violent take it by force the word violent can also be interpreted violators think about that the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and violators take it by force to get into the kingdom of God, you have to become a violator, a violator of what? A violator of the constraints of your chronological existence that are attempting to keep you out of the kingdom of God. The violators take it by force. It means that they coerce. It means that they will not accept no for an answer. It means like like um, uh, there was an old gentleman that came to our church one time. He was, he was very well known in the city. He was very wealthy. He'd been there for years and was uh, and w- was favorably looked at by most people in the city that I know of. and um, But now he was old. He was probably in his mid-80s, I'm just guessing. And uh, his daughter came with him. He must have said he wanted to come to the Rock Church because his daughter, who was also grown, probably 40 or 50 years old, she came with him. And uh, I preached that morning, and at the end I gave an altar call. And um, as gently but as... Uh, persuasively, as possible, we opened the altars for people to come, and we encouraged to come. He made a step towards the altar he was on the end by the aisle. I mean he made a step towards the aisle to come out into the aisle and to walk down before he could take the rest of the step. His daughter reached quickly and caught his arm and pulled him back. She was conscious, no doubt she was conscious. Of the ramifications of her father going to the altar. Of what would be said in the city if there was a picture of him with his hands up and tears running down his face speaking in other tongues. Or what would happen if there was a picture of him shaking under the power of the Holy Ghost. Or what would happen if he was so transformed that he began witnessing to everybody. And people would say, what's happened to this altar? old man all of these things were con- they were all competing in the woman and in her dad but particularly in her he didn't seem to care much anymore and she held him back and he didn't come why didn't he come maybe he would have come if he would have heard this lesson Maybe he would have come if he would have known that only violators get saved. And you have to violate everything that's of Kronos, that's coming in a line, that, that it has to be violated. That includes your family's wishes. That includes your spouse's wishes. Employer, uh, reputation, in the city or beyond, all of those things cannot continue to keep control. Those are chronological strongholds, and when and when the kingdom of God comes into a person's life, it comes vertically and it's like a missile. It blasts into where that person's at and blasts into their hearts. And they have to be violators. They have to say, I'm coming. I'm following. I'm accepting what is happening to me. I'm taking it because this this is what I need. So for years, people have sought to decipher the meaning of Matthew 11 and 12. They've thought, does it mean the kingdom comes violently? Or does it mean the respondent must come to it violently? Well, The answer is, it means both the kingdom of God does come violently or does come as a violator of Kronos. It also means that the person themselves have to violate that line. It could be read, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, uses force, applies force, inflicts or constructs, uh, inflicts it on constructs of the present world, And violators, that's violators of Kronos, take it by force, take it by storm. That means to force one's way into a thing. Now, so here's where a pastor, for example, who does not understand these things, becomes vulnerable to a deception, thinking that they can merge the kingdom of God with structures of Kronos. You know we're going to do this easy. We'll do it with a, with a, with donuts and coffee. We will we will let them run alongside. Well, we'll let the gospel run just above the line of Chronos. And at some point we'll we'll begin. We'll dip in and we'll just give them a little taste of it. But we will avoid disruption of Kronos. We will avoid confrontation. We will avoid polarization. Uh, we will fade into it. Uh, We won't ever use the word sinner because that would be a confrontation. So we will do this by being cool. We'll try to merge. But you can't merge Kairos into Kronos. You can't merge the world to come with this present evil world. They don't merge. One dominates the other. And if you get fully merged with the world, what happens is you won't have to worry about not offending the world. You will be the world because you have done, you have, you have sacrificed everything that has to do with a chirological move of the Holy Ghost to gain the acceptance of a world that doesn't need acceptance, it needs change. So not only does the kingdom come Violently, but respondents in order to escape the hold of Kronos must also respond violently. They must violate the constraints of Kronos. And Kronos, of course, doesn't want to lose its slaves like in Egypt. Those responding to God's kingdom must violate those restraints of this present world, its traditions, its culture, its ambitions, its past understandings, its present lifestyles its future plans all of it has to be laid on the altar now a scripture that's in conjunction with this is luke 16:16 16, 16, which says the law and the prophets were until john listen to this since that time the kingdom of god is preached and every man presseth that means to crowd oneself into Kronos says, no, you can't get into there. You can't, but you've got to crowd your way through. You've got to push your way through. He has to crowd his way into it. And so thus the kingdom of God presses against or interrupts or intersects the old order of Kronos. At the same time, the one that's seeking God has to press their way through the crowd to get out of that which would restrain them and into the presence of God. All these are signs of what it looks like in the world where and when the kingdom of God reigns or is entering the world. Now, in a broader and deeper context, the day of the Lord has important meaning in all of this. We've mentioned this briefly. The inbreaking of the future kingdom of God into the present is an event. That is the day of the Lord. Every time someone receives the baptism of the Holy Ghost, as given in the book of Acts chapter 2, it, it is, a, it is a, a microcosmic blast of the kingdom of God coming into the world. The consummating day of the Lord, of course, has already been discussed and is generally recognized as the time or when the kingdom of God will break into the earth with the second coming of Christ and when that takes place it's going to be it's going to be a change of the world forever